This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I want to talk mock drafts. Connor Livesey from the 33rd team. We talk to Trey Wingo all the time from 33rd team, uh, 33rdteam.com, uh, a great source of NFL news and information. He joins us on the Adam Gold Show. Mr. Livesey, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm really excited to be on you guys today. Well, thank you very much. I want to uh, want to get th- – this is where I want to start with the mock draft. Uh, I am uh, I am curious. Are we really doing the Jaden Daniels over Drake May thing already? Like, doesn't it take usually like two months to get to that? (laughs) It it normally does. Um, I'll speak for myself first because it it is a question that's going to get proposed uh, a lot here coming up. But uh, I actually think Drake May is a top quarterback in this draft class. Um, (laughs) We're still a ways away from, you know, given the solidified rankings and all that stuff. But earlier on in this process, um, I have Drake May at one, Caleb Williams at two, and Jaden Daniels at three. Um, so yes, I do think the you know Jaden Daniels talk of going ahead of Drake May, and you know some people are even talking about being ahead of Caleb Williams right now is it's kind of crazy to me. But it's early on, and we always get the uh, early early season jitters. I feel like in the the mock draft world and draft world, you know, once the playoffs come around, it seems like everyone has a has a hot take and they want to get it out there. Normally, just normally, it takes like two months before we get yeah. to the uh, we've talked ourselves out. You know, uh, you know, Drake didn't do well against these teams, and Carolina fell apart late, and all that. Um, so, but let, let's. I want to go through those first two anyway. Um, so, w- what what is Caleb Williams to you? Is a good comp for him? And I'm not saying he's going to be as good, but be, but is his style similar to that of a Patrick Mahomes? I mean, I get the comparisons of that because some of the off-platform, you know, yeah. out-of-structure throws, you know, the crazy arm angles, all that stuff. I mean, really the the, the way I kind of look at Caleb Williams, and I'm not comparing him directly to it, but it's kind of the Josh Allen effect where he'll make some of the dumbest, most boneheaded <laughs> plays you'll see, and then he'll come back and just be absolutely nails, you know, right. when and drives. And it, it's some of that where it's like he creates off-structure a ton uh, which we see Josh Allen do a ton in Buffalo. He's he's at, you know he's he, he's not like the super speedy athletic quarterback, but he he's able to make a lot of plays with his legs. Uh, bigger guy, uh, the arm talent's obviously all there. Um, but I just think the inconsistency with with Caleb Williams right now is kind of why I'm giving the slight edge to Drake May. And again, we still have a ton of ton of tape to watch, a ton of you know combine numbers to take into account here coming up. Um, but just that you see so much high with Caleb Williams, and then you do see some some low, low lows, and that lack of consistency is, I think, something that that can be concerning to te- teams trying to find that top guy in the NFL draft, especially with a quarterback class that that is more talented than we've seen over the last few years. Connor Livesey from Thirty Third Team uh, at Connor NFL Draft on Twitter covers the draft. Also covers the Dallas Cowboys. I'd love to uh, get, get a couple of things in about uh, Dallas as we uh, get into the playoffs starting tomorrow. But uh, what when you see Drake May and you say right now you've got him slightly ahead of Caleb Williams and obviously Jaden Daniels as well. Uh, what is what is his comp? What is what do you see as his best traits? Um, I mean, I think one of the – I'll get to the comp last here, but I think with Drake May, you 
and and I don't know why that is, but you all, you, everyone seems to kind of give Caleb Williams the edge from like the athleticism and you know off platform, out of structure, mobility standpoint. And I think anybody who watches and dives into Drake May's tape, he's he's a super athletic. Yeah. He makes plays with his legs all the time. He's he's a really good runner of the football um, from the quarterback position, which is just something that I don't think he gets enough credit for in this process. Um, you know, you 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 don't. You don't see him, I guess maybe Caleb Williams' highs are maybe a little higher. Like, Caleb Williams might have that higher ceiling to him, but I feel like Drake May has a little safer um, aspect to him. And, and I think that matters. I mean, you obviously you're always looking for that high ceiling uh, when you're drafting a quarterback that high, but I think, you know, you've seen so many of these top quarterbacks bust at the top um, because you're betting solely on the higher ceiling traits and not looking at the whole picture. So that's kind of why I'm separated with those two right now, with Drake May having the slight edge. Like I said, there's so much more tape to watch. You know, we're I'm about three or four games into each of those guys. I like to get to about six to seven, um, you know, going back another year or two as mm-hmm. well. Um, but, yeah, just, just, I mean, again, like he has some of that arm talent, the accuracy, the ability to drive the football on all three levels of the field, and then just the ability to create off script uh, with his legs. I think that that May has the you know might not have the highest ceiling of the group, but I think his floor is significantly higher than Williams. And then when you take into account the aspects of his high ceiling traits, it, it makes him a, a a guy that that's really tough not to really like at the top of the draft. I know you asked for a comp. I, I'm not a good comp guy. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you, but I I mean any any of you know you, you look at some of these guys. You know, in the playoffs, you know, I, I hate to compare him to this guy because he's kind of lost some of his athleticism. And you mentioned that, you know, I do do some Cowboys coverage. But some of the stuff that Dak Prescott does, you know, off script this year specifically, you know, since he's gotten healthy, just being mm-hmm. able to get out of the pocket, create with his legs, you see some of that um, in Drake May's game. And he's not the guy that has, like, the elite of the elite arm talent. He doesn't have that Caleb Williams just, you know, power of right. the arm. Um, but he's able to drive the football in all three levels of the field. He's able to throw with touch. Um, he's able to throw off platform and off script. So you see that stuff with Dak a lot too. And I think that, you know, what he used to be with his mobility and his legs, you see some of that in Drake May's game a lot. Connor Livesey from 33rd team NFL draft expert. All right. So we, Jaden Daniels is probably going to be a top five pick. Uh, May and Williams will likely go one and two in some order. Um, what about other quarterbacks in the first round? Are there are there other first round talents, or are there guys who are going to also go in the first round because they're quarterbacks? You nailed it on the second point there. I don't see any other guys with first round grades from me. Um, you know, we're still waiting to hear what Michigan's JJ McCarthy is going to do. Whether mm-hmm. he's going to declare or go back to school. Um, if I was him, I'd probably go back to school at this point. But he's riding high, coming off a national sure. championship, so. You know, you never know. And, and again, you, you talked about it. That quarterback tax is legit. It's yep. something that you have guys who are, you know, second round, mid-second round, even late second round grades, and then you get, you know, to the back end of the first round. And some of the team, you know, we'll see what happens here with the Miami Dolphins. You'll see what happens, you know, with the Denver Broncos. You know, some of those teams that are picking middle to the back end of the first round, do they go – hey, we don't, you know, we had our top-graded player get taken right in front of us. Let's get J.J. McCarthy. Let's grab a Bo Nix, um, you know, a guy like that. Like I said, I wouldn't do that. I think that, you know, you, you have your 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 four. You know, Michael Penix is a guy who, who I think has a really good shot to get drafted in the first round. He's I know his, he didn't end the season the way that he right. was hoping for for his, his quarterback rankings. But um, 
Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90% give the money and then we meet every year and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I think when you look at the the big picture with Michael Penix, he had a really good season. Older prospect, you know, has some injury stuff, some medical stuff he's got to get figured out. But I think when you're you're looking for a guy to win in the pocket, you know, you've got to be able to win in the pocket, you know, nowadays. And he's able to do that at Washington. He's got a good arm. Um, he's more athletic than he's given credit for in the pocket with ability to kind of evade pressure. He struggles kind of reading the pressure, but ability to, the ability to get away from it and kind of get on platform to throw uh, from pressure, I think something he can do a good job with. Um, I think Penix is kind of the top guy that might not be a first-round quarterback mm-hmm. but could get drafted in the first round. <laughs> and I think you got to throw the J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix in there as well, even though I don't have them. I think Penix is in a class of his own there between those guys where it's like, hey, I probably – won't have a first round grade on Michael Penix. It'll probably be a second round grade. Um, but a team that's picking in the twenties or, you know, late teens might go, Hey, this guy's got, you know, enough traits that we want to build on and develop on and take him in the first round. Yeah. Uh, teams, NFL franchises can't help themselves. Uh, if if <laughs> yeah, they, they just can't, it's been going on for about a decade at this point. They can't help themselves. Connor Livesey from 33rd team, uh, real quick before I ask you about a couple of playoff matters, uh, just looking at the latest, and it wasn't yours, it was somebody else's mock draft on 33rd team, uh, so many offensive linemen in this draft. So Absolutely. either this is just an incredible draft of offensive linemen, or teams are likely to be drafting for need as opposed to uh, the you know best players available, uh, or... It's just not a great draft. So what is it? The offensive line talent in this class is very, very good. And I think similar to what we just talked about, you know, there's a quarterback tax and there's an offensive line tax because there is a ton of bad offensive linemen in the NFL. (laughs) So anytime you have a guy that's quality, has the, you know, arm length, has the athleticism, you kind of give them a nudge in the rankings like you do your quarterbacks. Um and like I said, this class is very talented. The tack- the interior of this class isn't great. The interior offensive line class isn't great, but the tackles are deep at the top. They're deep throughout. I mean, you can you'll be able to find starting caliber offensive tackles in this class. You know, in the second, you know, maybe even third round this year, which is you always hit on a couple guys on day three, but it seems like you you normally run out of starting caliber tackles. You know, in the second round, but I think this one stretches pretty good. And it's also really good at the top. You have Joe Alt um, and Olo Fashionale, the the two guys from Notre Dame and Penn State, kind of at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Telly Fuega out of Oregon State, J.C. Lapham's out of Alabama, or Marius Mims out of Georgia. There's just there's four or five just guys who I think are locks to get drafted in the first round. Um, and then you get into your Graham Bartons out of Duke, your Tyler Guyton's out of Oklahoma, Patrick Paul out of Houston, James Morgan. I mean, there's there's a legit nine, ten guys that could, and I think have a really good shot of going uh, in the first round of this draft, which just speaks to the volume and the depth of this uh, offensive line class. All right, final thing. Let's do, uh, let's do a, a little bit about the, uh, the playoffs here. Um, did Dallas get the most favorable draw they could? 
I mean, Green Bay has been good, but I think they've been good to a point. Uh, what do you like about the Cowboys matchup with Green Bay? I would have, as a Cowboys fan and somebody who covers the team and you know studies them, I would have loved to play Tampa Bay um, <laughs> at home, and that was kind of the issue is that you weren't going to get them at home. Right. So I think, I think with the aspect of them getting the number two seed, um, not being able to get a Tampa Bay, you know, with them winning the division at home. Um, I, I mean, you can make the case that Philadelphia would have been a good opponent now, too, with how banged <laughs> right. up they are and how much they've been reeling over the last couple weeks. But I hate playing division opponents in the playoffs because you just never know with divisional opponents, right. you know, the common opponents that might have an edge on you. Um, you gotta, you gotta like the matchup from a aspect of, you know, Green Bay's a super young team. You know, they haven't played a lot of playoff games, especially when you're talking about the area of their team that's been so good for them, which has been their offense. You know, you got a situation where the quarterback's, you know, not a rookie, but he's pretty much a rookie heading into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, they're passing game weapons. You know, their receivers, their tight ends are all super young guys. Uh, Christian Watson's been banged up all year. Romeo Dobbs, Dottavian um, Wicks. I mean, a lot of their outlets in their passing game are either rookies or young players who haven't played a lot. And then their tight ends are always super young. So I think for Dallas, the main aspect is slowing down the Green Bay running game. Matt LaFleur is the guy who has beat the Cowboys in the past with running the football with Aaron Jones a ton. Um, and while the note, you know, there, there's a notion out there that the Cowboys run defense is just absolutely horrible. They had a terrible game against Buffalo. There's no denying it. Uh, James Cook ran all over them. But when you look at the, the whole season as a whole, they've been about middle of the pack stopping the run. Mm -hmm. But I think if they can slow down Aaron Jones and the, the Packers running game, I think they have a good shot to maybe have some of the Packers, you know, youth, youth about them kind of catch up and, and you know, kind of hit that regression button in the playoffs, which – it's hard to rely on that because you've seen so many young teams do well in the playoffs. I mean, San Francisco, um, outside of Brock Purdy getting hurt last year, was looking like a dominant force going into the playoffs. Um, but you, you think that the Green Bay regression would probably come sooner rather than later with them going in the playoffs with such young options at quarterback, wide receiver. You know, some of the mm -hmm. offensive linemen are, are, are getting young too. So, um I think it's a good matchup for Dallas. They, they match up pretty well with those guys. You know, CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott have really connected well in the passing game. They don't run the ball great, but Green Bay run defense has been an issue over the last month or so of the season. So maybe they can get the running game going a little bit, but I think the passing game options for Dallas match up really well with the Green Bay pass defense options. Final thing, real quick. Uh, road team in week one that could be playing a third game. The Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> yep. I feel like that's a, that's an easy answer. I feel like that's probably everybody's answer, but I mean it's 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 not going to stun me at all to see the Rams, you know, go into Detroit this week and I don't know. The Detroit's such an interesting team because you watch them some weeks and they look like a dominant NFC yep. team, then you watch them some weeks and go, is this team even that good? And it's just, you know, the defense the Detroit defense has been horrendous here recently and the Los Angeles Rams offense has been awesome. So it's kind of a bad matchup for Detroit going into this week. And then obviously if they win they would head to San Francisco and we just talked about playing divisional teams in the playoffs and we saw you know, oh, backup teams, those <laughs> backup teams last week, but the, right. the Rams able to squeak out a victory. So, 
Um, you, you get that matchup in the second round um, with, with the Rams and the, the 49ers, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Sean McVay and Matt Stafford pull out a, an upset victory. And then, you know, good news for the Cowboys, if they're able to handle their business, they would have an NFC championship game at home against the Rams. So that would that would bode well for me um, being a Cowboys guy. But, uh, yeah, I think the Rams are the best option to, to probably make that third playoff game. Connor Livesey from 33rd Team at Connor NFL Draft on Twitter. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time. We'll do it again. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. More great news for Cary commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away.